Episode Six, In Dreams, Part Two. Hi, this is Dragnacarta, DM for Curse of Strahd, Twice Bitten. You're listening to the Twice Bitten podcast, a campaign where five Curse of Strahd DMs head back into the mists for a hauntingly familiar adventure. Starring Jack as Betrion, Kaya as Lillison, Linus as Amity, Serena as Kiva and Twy as Deer. You can catch the horror live every Saturday at 1pm Eastern, 10am Pacific on Twitch at twitch.tv slash rcurseofstrahd, or watch new episodes every Monday on YouTube at youtube.com slash c slash rcurseofstrahd. You can also listen to new episodes of this podcast weekly at anchor.fm slash twice-bitten, or wherever you like to syndicate your podcasts. Now... Let's get right to Ravenloft. And so, exiting the Blood on the Vine tavern, the door closes behind you and the muffled conversation and clinking of glasses vanishes. As the light drizzle, the distant sobs return in the darkened streets of Barovia once more. Ismark glances over the lot of you, his gaze softening a bit as he sees Amity leaning against the doorframe. My home is not far. Do not worry. It is uh, just on the southern end of town. Uh, please, um, Miss Amity, was it? Uh, could I offer any uh, assistance? Do you have, like, just like a walking stick or something? Just like a stick should be enough. He frowns. Um, uh, not on me at the moment. Um, perhaps I could find something for you at my home. Would that be all right? I'm sorry, I don't have anything on me right now. If I could take your hand, I'd be more than happy to assist you. All right. Amity offers her hand. Miss Mark takes it with a uh, kind nod, and you can tell he's doing his best not to seem too, uh, you know, rude or presumptuous, but does his best to let you lean your weight on him as you slowly make your way through the streets at his and the party's side. You're the burgomaster of this town. It is a bit odd, my father was the burgomaster. I have not really had the chance to assume many of his duties as of yet. I fear my sister and I and our father before we passed had faced uh, an unfortunate situation. Quite a bit of uh, chaos in our lives as of late and I am hoping uh, with your assistance perhaps to uh, achieve some measure of peace and quiet. Though I'm afraid that might uh, preclude me from continuing uh, my father's duties for a time. We found a letter from your father. Yes, uh, I was told by Miss Kiva. Uh, poor uh, Master Olensky, it was a deep tragedy what happened to him. I would ask if he had been buried, but I know that the woods are dangerous. I would not presume to ask such a thing of you. Hopefully his body will find rest instead of joining the others. He closes his eyes and just forms a small uh, shape across his heart with his uh, fingers pointing outward and up toward his chin before opening them and continuing once more on the road. I'm sorry, you said others. Join in the others, yeah. It is best to avoid the... Uh, I, I mentioned that it is unpleasant to uh, travel the woods at night. There are spirits and other less wholesome things that wander its gnarled brambles. What? I hope that Master Olensky finds peace. It might be a kinder end if he is... If he serves as food, then if he seeks it. Um, Arthur Deer looks like he is about to say something and then immediately shuts his mouth. 
So the the creature in the letter, there are more of them than just the one who has been plaguing this place? The vampire, ah, he looks confused for a moment and then nods. I, I see the confusion. There is, well, there is a vampire that rules the land. He uh, dwells in Castle Ravenloft. He does not lurk the woods, I should hope. I sincerely hope, at least. I know that I believe that there may be other spawn of his that lurk in the land, but to my knowledge, I hope that they have not been sighted in the woods, no. Other uh, shambling things, I should say. Wilson is frowning, and she slowly says, You say he rules this land? That is correct. He is the Count of Barovia. Ah, so he rules this in a legalistic sense. It is a bit strange. You see, my people do not regard him as a respected lord as such. Rather, he is he is a devil, a curse placed upon our land. He into the darkness that he brings. We do not view him as one might view a, a caretaker, perhaps. No, he is a, a monster set upon us and our people. We do our best to avoid his notice. Generally, curses are placed upon people who have done wrong. Is there something that Barovia has done wrong? If only that we knew it. It is said amongst my people that the Devil Strahd was sent because of a forgotten sin of our ancestors, a, the scorn of Old Mother Night, but I do not know. It is what is believed. It is what is understood, but I am no theologian, my friend. Mother I only Night know that he Strahd. is a monster. Wait, Kiva rushes into her backpack and pulls out the letter that she got from Death House. This, Strahd? And she's going to show the letter to Ismark. He frowns and look over the letter that you're holding up to him. Strahd von Zerovich, yes, that is the name. I... The Red Lord and Master seems quite appropriate for one such as him. But... Where did this... you find this? In... We were in a house when we first got here, a, a manor... Never mind. It it was in a, a, a secret room in the library, but the body that was over it was long deceased. How long has this man been in power? The devil is ruled our lands for centuries. We do not know. We have not known life without him. Whatever our ancestors did, it was long ago and lost to the mists. You said centuries. Aye, that I did. Bloody hell. Is he human? Was he human? That I do not know. I know not the nature of the vampire, but whatever he w may have once been, he is certainly no longer. He is a beast. He is a creature of night, a creature of blood. He and his servants have long haunted our lands. As I said, it is best to evade him where possible, though, as you might have noticed, and he nods up to the shadow of the castle, faintly illuminated by the waxing moonlight, it is difficult in our little village, so close beneath its shadow. You said I... that your father was the burgomaster? That is correct. He served long and he served well. He was... He cared for this village, as I do as well, but he passed quite recently. Did, did this office... Did the power of his office come from the Count? Or was it elected by the people here? The burgomasters are... Well, it is... 
I suppose our village ways might seem strange to uh, city folk such as yourselves. I am not familiar, as I have said, with the ways of folk outside the Barovia, except insofar as those that have come here before. Um, it is uh, ancestral after a fashion, I suppose you could say, though. I imagine that if the townsfolk were not pleased with my father's performance, they could have found another. So, not directly appointed by this dread overlord? No, I have not. I have not personally encountered this devil, though. Your sister has. That's correct. So I'm, I'm sorry to be presumptuous, but I've never encountered a vampire before, and I don't think any of the rest of us have. So how exactly can we help your family? Before we get there and I... before we take advantage of your hospitality, this feels like something that is beyond our wheelhouse. I understand completely. You all look tired and you, well, I hope that that you are hardy folk to have made it here, especially after the experiences you may have had. I do not wish to put you at undue risk. You see, there is a town beyond here. It is called Velaki. It lies in the heart of the valley. It is my hope that, uh, well, it is uh, beyond the reach of Castle Ravenloft. It is, from what I have heard, well defended, beyond the view of the castle and beyond, I hope, the reach of the devil himself. I believe and hope that if I can move my sister from Barovia to this better defended settlement, that she may be free of his grasp and I might be able to do what I can to find better comfort for her there. Pardon me a moment. Of course. You mean to say that the lord of your land, you know, big guy up in the castle, is been interested in your sister for one reason or another, and you think a change of location is going to put him off, moving, what, 10 miles? 15? It is, I know it is a risky gamble, but it is our best chance. We have done our best to justify our home, but... Yeah, like... Uh, Ignore that it is well defended. The, devil, the devil's creatures have assaulted our home. You will see when you arrive. It is not simply the devil, but his minions that me and my sister are concerned with. And if we can move her behind its fortified walls, its sentries and guards, we can keep her safe inside. For you see that a vampire cannot enter a residence without invitation. And if he cannot bring his beasts beyond the walls of Alaki, it is our hope that there at least we will be safe. Has he, has there ever been record of him invading Valaki, this Valaki? Not to my knowledge. I confess that I have not been to Valaki, but I, my father's knowledge that has been shared, that what I have heard from caravans that have come from there, I have heard that it is ruled by a baron and that uh, it is, as I have said, quite well defended. So it is my hope that uh, it is beyond the reach of the devil. That's reassuring. Uh, um, how, how much further to this uh, manor of yours? Far at all. In fact, here you can see it. You see coming into view now what appears to be a weary-looking mansion squatting behind a rusting iron fence. You can see that the iron gates are twisted and torn. The right gate lies cast aside while the left swings lazily in the wind. You can see here the stuttering squeal and clang of the gate, repeating with mindless precision. You see weeds choking the grounds, pressing with menace upon the house itself. Yet, against the walls, the growth has been tramped down to create a path all about the domain. Heavy claw markings, you can see, have stripped the once beautiful finish of the walls, and great black marks tell of the fires that have assailed the mansion. Not a pane nor a shard of glass stands in any window. 
all of which are barred with planks, each one marked with stains of evil omen. Well, Metreon turns around and looks at the others. The first house that tried to kill us was much better than this, so maybe it's, you know, the inverse. Wait, 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 no. Um, we've been told that this house has been assaulted by some creatures, and that there's someone inside that a vampire wants to get. Uh, <clears throat> Burgomaster Kornion, uh, I, I greatly appreciate your generous hospitality, but I think that um, us five might want to find more modest lodgings for the night. Mark blinks at you. Uh, I'm Ismark, but uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry, I, for, I neglected to share. Um, you see, the devil's creatures have not come against our home for the past several nights. That is why I had not returned home prior. I sought some peace of quiet in the tavern. I, I assure you, I, to the best of my knowledge, I hope that tonight will be safe, that no harm shall come to you within our walls, and I vow, and you see his hand go to the longsword at his side, I vow, I promise, Miss Amity, that I shall not allow any harm to come to you or to your friends. Wait, I, you left your sister alone? She is quite house? secure, I promise. The house is fortified. It is safe in there. I, I just needed to find help, please. So, so pardon my questioning, but why haven't you tried to move her already? You seem more than capable of holding your own in a fight. Sized, it is risky alone. The roads can be dangerous and not as dangerous as a vampire or as dangerous as his minions, but I could not risk her. I needed to find more help. I could not dare move her alone. Uh, I, I take it I, that the plan would have been to move her in secrecy to have her disguised, and I assume that sending her off with a, perhaps a group of strangers would draw less attention than the two of you, who presumably are very well known around here. This Mark sighs. It is not quite, though that is an interesting proposal. You see, I had thought to bring her myself to ensure that she got there, but I needed extra hands to make the journey. I. I could not bear to see her go without knowing that she had come to someplace safe and secure from this nightmare that we have been living. Um, but again, I could not have... I did not think that I could do it without others to help on the road. It is... I am sorry. Metreon has been sort of watching him and having experienced Death House, even though he was kind of joking, he was also sort of... He's not entirely convinced and he's been observing... Ismark this whole time that they've been walking and now we're in front of the house. He wants to he's curious to know if he's actually telling the truth about all of this or if he's keeping anything from us. Alright, if you'd like to inspect him you can make an inside check to see if he seems to be holding anything back. That's seven. Seven? He's tough to read. He doesn't seem to be indicating much beside the somber, slightly mournful expression upon his face. Uh, he's so handsomely brooding so I'm, I'm totally distracted. <laughs> <laughs> Arithmetic is going to step forward. Mr. Bismarck, sir. How about this? We will gladly take your hospitality for the night. We are all tired, and frankly, I don't want to know what happened if we try to stay the night out here. Probably nothing good. But in the morning, hopefully, post-breakfast, we will have an answer for you about whether we are willing to help or not. We, I am, quite frankly, we've been through a tremendous amount. We're all sick, injured, in degrees of shock, I'd imagine. We need time. This book nods. I understand. 
it is not a problem, and I appreciate your willingness to entertain the uh, request I have made. Please, let us get out of the cold and the wet. Uh, my house is warm and comfortable. And he holds the gate open, ushering you to proceed into the grounds of the manor. Ismark murmurs to the other. Er, wow. <laughs> murmurs to the others. Can't be terribly warm with every pane of glass broken, but he will follow. Good help does seem hard to find these days. Wait, wait, wait. I, I honestly think that just a room in an inn would just be more comfortable and safer from, than this place. From what he said, there is no inn in the town. Look, I can stay up with you. I, I don't sleep, remember? So I can I can keep an eye on you all night if you'd like. Well, I'll crash with you if you must. If it's of any consolation or comfort. I think we're safer here than trying to knock on doors and wait for hospitality. Unfortunately. But I, I'm with you, Amity. If something goes bad, we all get out. Together. No questions asked. We leave as soon as things go sour. Are we saying this in front that's of what we, That's what we Very said last quietly. time. Well, okay, point taken. Look, there's no mists in sight. There's, there's no children that look like those two horrid children did. So I think for tonight, and I was saying this to Metreon earlier, maybe we just, just take advantage of a bed and and slip out quietly in the morning and not get ourselves involved with the affairs of a vampire. But there's no shame in, in, in taking something nice after everything that we experienced. You hear Ismark knock on the door, wait for a moment, and then you hear the front door of the mansion creak open. A number of chains making their way across the opening, and you see a young woman's face peering through from the other side. Ismark smiles and remembers, it's me. The woman on the other side nods and slowly opens the door and holds it open. You can see now the woman appears to be a striking young woman with auburn hair who wears a simple white tunic with braided patterns over her shoulders wearing a deep red cloak. And at that, Ismark nods to her, takes a step inside, offers her a brief hug, and then turns, Irina, these are uh, some friends that I brought from the tavern. All of you, this is my sister Irina. The woman inspects each of you for a moment and then nods her head. It is good to meet you all. I am Irina. Metreon slides back his hood and does uh, this very stately bow. My radiance. And he extends his hand as if to, like, take it to kiss. He looks at your hand for a moment, a shadow crossing your face. Please excuse me if I do not invite you into the home. We have had troubles. And she takes a step back, looking at you expectantly. Metreon smiles, kind of showing off his golden fang. It's no, it's no trouble at all. Uh, I do believe, though, that your brother could vet for us. He's Mark sighs. If you would not mind, I cannot extend an invitation. I, I am sorry. If, if you... He looks a bit of a twisted expression on his face. You just see Irina regarding you quietly as she says, Well... Kiva will step forward and offer to shake her hand and she's not really looking at Irina's face as much and she's going to look over at the rest of the group and then cross the threshold. Irina gives Kiva a nod and takes her hand. You see the light beginnings of a smile touch her face. Forgive me, I did not mean to be rude. It is in the times that we have faced, you cannot be too careful. No, it's, Thank um, you. it's fine. 
Nice to meet you. So then may we come in? And as Metreon says that, he sort of like inches his hand through the threshold. Ismark sighs. As I mentioned, a vampire cannot enter a residence where they have not been invited. If you would, if you are not vampires, you will be able to step over the threshold. Oh, well, very good. And Metreon struts inside. You could have just said that. And I, I'm sorry. It is. I'm sorry. I thought that. These days have been stressful. I appreciate each of you. And he regards Amity for a moment. Is she still outside? If everyone else goes in, then I guess Amity will go in. And Melissa is also standing outside. Cool. Come on in, both of you. Uh, it's much warmer in here. I understand the precaution. I... Hmm. It seems ill-mannered to barge into a residence like this. But I suppose. And uh, she is going to take a look at Amity and say, will you need a hand? I'll, I can get in. Amity's sort of looking suspiciously at Lillison, but only for because of the freezing. Lillison nods and turns and walks in trying to you know, find a place that's as far away from everybody else as possible. And so she proceeds in with Amity, making her way into the old manor as his mark moves and closes the door behind them. Forgive them, they're just very shy. Of course, it is not a problem. Um, though for future reference, just so you are aware, I would caution you not to be so cavalier when inviting others inside. There are, well, Point taken. Amity sits down on the nearest chair or furniture or whatever. There's a house down the street. It's it's like big and, and, and with white wooden walls, three stories. Can you go down there and put some kind of sign on the door that's just like warning, don't come in or, or something? Oh my God, you're right. Somebody might stumble in there. Ismark's face looks grim. I am afraid that I believe I know the house of which you speak, and there have been, well, most of the townsfolk know not to proceed near there, and, well, it is, suffice it to say that prior attempts to restrict whatever mind dwells beyond its walls have failed. I am sorry. Does that mean that signs have been taken down, even I have not placed outside? It is... I have not been personally informed, but I suppose I can revisit it, if that will ease your mind. I, no, because no, the, please don't. The uh, local people might know to avoid it, but anybody from the outside does not. gives you a thin smile and nods. Of course, I apologize. I hope that your trials have not been too heavy upon your hearts. You are safe here. And as you look around, you can see the interior of the mansion that you've now entered, seeming to be well-furnished though the fixtures show signs of great wear. There are noticeable oddities, the boarded up windows and the presence of holy symbols in every room that you can see from here. Glancing to the side, you can see what you think to be the Burgomaster in a side drawing room on the floor, lying in a simple wooden coffin surrounded by wilting flowers and a faint odor of decay. Irina stands quietly off to the side of the doorway. I'm dreadfully sorry, uh, my lady. Irina offers you a smile. It's all right. I, I appreciate the thoughts. It's been 
difficult days for me and my brother, and especially in a father's passing, his heart could not take it. It was too soon, but perhaps it was... <laughs> well, perhaps he is in a better place. Do you have plans to bury him? Irina nods. I had hoped to bury him, or see him buried in the uh, local cemetery. He must be put to rest so his spirit can dwell beyond with the Morning Lord. Ismark turns to order. Irina, I thought we discussed this. It is... We will do what we can, but right now our priority needs to be seeing you to safety. And Irina shakes her head. No. Our father is dead, Ismark. The proper rites must be performed. You know that as well as I. Ismark fixes her a look. We can talk about this in the morning, and Irina shakes her head. We've talked about it. Please, let us attend to our guests. She turns to the rest of you with a smile. Please, it is... We do not have much to offer at this point, given the uh, the weeks that we have endured as of late. But, um, please, if you would like, I can see if... Uh, I'm sure that my brother can fix up a meal for you. I would be glad to see to it that you are comforted. If um, Ismark nods. They are staying the night. Perhaps, uh, if you would not mind showing them to their rooms. I can put together a, an evening meal. And Irina nods. If it would uh, not be too much trouble, I would be glad to show you some uh, open beds. We do Man. have rooms, if you would appreciate. If you show me to a mattress, that will be a greater kindness than I have seen in quite a while after the past few days I've had. Thank you. Irina chuckles. Of course, it's not a problem at all. Please. Um, if you'll just follow me. it's There are upstairs. We... I don't know that we have enough for all of you, but uh, we can do what we can to make you uh, comfortable. Please. Yeah, I think you'll follow her upstairs. You follow uh, Irina upstairs. Are Amity and Lillison proceeding as well? Yeah. Um, Kiva is as well, yeah. Amity Lillison uses will... the banister to help her sort of hop up. Lillison will wait a bit and try to see where Ismark has gone to. Sure. You can follow his footsteps as he exits the main foyer. You follow him as he makes his way through the uh, drawing room into a room beyond what appears to be a small and homely kitchen with a small attachment to a dining room on the other side and a small stove, which you see he appears to lit up with firewood. Are you moving quietly or just kind of, you know, leaning in to watch after him before proceeding upstairs? I'll move quietly, but when he stops, uh, Lillison will clear her throat. All right, make a stealth check for me. That is a 24. All right. You quietly slink through the drawing room, passing the coffin by and the slight scent of decay as you peer into the kitchen beyond. You see Ismark arranging a number of woods in the oven and beginning to stoke a flame as some smoke begins to rise through a chimney. You see him beginning to move through a small pantry as he pulls out a few what appears to be hanging steaks and a few vegetables out of a bag and quietly humming to himself he pulls out a chef's knife and begins to chop some potatoes um excuse me he blinks and turns around oh excuse me um miss lillison uh is there something that i can do to help you uh quite the reverse actually i just wanted to say we're very deeply indebted to you for extending to us all this hospitality and your hour of grief. Is there anything I can do to help? Well, that uh, depends. Uh, how uh, comfortable are you with uh, watching over his stew? Well, I... as long as 
I'm told what to watch for. I'm fairly willing to do so. As Mark chuckles, it is not a problem at all. Here. And he holds out a wooden spoon to you. I'll uh, show you how to get all the ingredients put together. If you could keep an eye out for it boiling so we know to adjust the flames while I uh, see to it about preparing these snakes. Okay. Um, Lillison is going to think about summoning the mage hand, then rethink it, and uh, edge just close enough to um, grasp the wooden spoon by the tips of her fingers. Bismarck seems to note your reluctance to get closer, but just acknowledges it with a nod and returns to his chopping. Lillison is going to be a sous chef for a while. All right, very good. While this is happening, other four of you, Irina leads you up the creaking old staircase until you reach a landing on the upper floor. There you can see the thin moonlight seeping in through the boarded up windows. In some places, a chill breeze making its way through, though thankfully modeled by the boards and shutters that have been drawn tight over them. Irina guides you down the hall toward a pair of rooms. She opens the door and you see within a single large comfortable looking bed as well as a slightly threadbare and aged rug in each and a small chest set off to the side. Joining them you see a single uh, large stone fireplace that appears to verge into both of the rooms. Please forgive me, uh, I would be glad to see if we could fetch some uh, firewood to get it warmed up in here. We were not expecting guests tonight, but if you'd like to get yourself set up as best you can, I'm sorry it's not more, but... Uh, Again, I'm glad to do whatever I can to make sure that you're comfortable. I'm sorry for the trouble that you faced thus far. Damn, so you're it's, fine. It's just the one bed in this room? One bed in each room. There are two rooms. Okay, gotcha. Kiva will help Amati get to one of the beds if she needs assistance, and then we'll offer to go get firewood to bring up to the rooms with Irina. As you're doing so, Irina watches you helping Amity. My, my, I'm sorry, um, are you injured in some ways? Is there anything that I can do to help? Um, let's see. Um, my mother said um, ice water. That's what she always did for sprained ankles. Actually, I'm not sure if if the Ethan dear if, if the bone is broken, could your magic fix it? I will let you know in the morning. Maybe. Amity pulls up her gimbal to look at her ankle a little bit timorously. Is the bone broken? Is if anyone knows anything about sprained ankles or, or broken ankles or whatever? If no. You could... the, the... A sprained ankle doesn't have blood like that. Yeah, it's, we can it's face in the wrong way. Is the foot even connected? That's it. Without going into too many of the gory details, there's been a large slash that appears to have impeded the movement of many of the muscles. Looking over it, if any of you would like to attempt a medicine check, I'll allow it to get a better sense of the nature of the injury. I'll give it a try. Of course. I'll help. Well, that's happening. Uh, Irina holds a pen. Don't worry, I'll be right back. Oh, I just thought of something. And she dips um, out of the room. Yeah. I I don't know how, but something tells me that you know what this is, and you're, you're going to be able to at, at least tell me what it is. Amity touches you and applies the guidance cantrip. Oh, shit. Alright. Nice. And with the benefit of the help action as well, I believe that's an 18. Alright. Looking over it, it's bad. You've not seen too many grisly injuries, but you've seen this one time before. At the time, admittedly, you were inspecting a fox in the woods rather than a tiefling in a house, but as far as you can tell, the tendon has been severed. Several of the muscles disconnected, the ankle itself damaged. 
it's unlikely that she'll walk on this foot again. Even with magic? You've heard of magic reaching the power that could resolve this, but it's regeneration healing of a power to an extent that you've scarcely heard of. It would take a, an exarch of a church or some other creature of great healing power to restore this. It's far beyond your capabilities. He puts a hand over his mouth. I... Oh. Is it broken? I, I know it's supposed to hurt a lot if it's broken, but I can't even feel it, to be honest. Amity, uh... He kind of looks at the others as if entreating them for help, and then just kind of turns to her and sits down on the bed next to her. You, uh... That scythe blade caught you really, really bad. Um, it looks like the tendon severed, which is not a thing my magic at least can fix. I can patch up the foot, but uh, I, uh, I mean, th th I don't know this, but I, I'm, I'm, I don't. Th there might be a possibility, but I don't think you should be walking on this for a long while. I, uh, it might, it's not going to get better at minimum for a long time. It might not get better. So you're telling the truth, but not the whole truth there? Yep. Okay. Hamity wraps her tail around her face. Uh, oh, it, it was a tooth. What? It looked like a blade, but there were teeth. The house bit me before I left. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, it, uh, it got a few good bites in, and Metreon rubs the collarbone where he still has the deep gash. You were the only one who made it through. Did you... Did you get us out of here? Yeah. She asks Ethan, dear. Yeah, that was me. With your magic. It's. I think it's the only thing that gave me the willpower to keep going after it bit me too but yeah yeah that was me Amity goes to hug into your chest and just wants to sort of bury her face somewhere Erythrindir looks uncomfortable but is going to wrap his arms around you and just kind of hold you I'm so sorry I'm, I'm so so sorry we, we got out and we're gonna get out of here the missus it's, it's gonna be gone and if it's not then we'll find, you know, if that house had an, an altar at the bottom that we had to pillage, get rid of that mist, then the other mistresses has to have one too. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. We're going to make it out of here. Don't worry. Don't worry. He's just going to kind of hold her as long as she's going to hold on to him. There's a moment of silence, and then you hear the door to the room open, and you see Irina standing there in the hall, clutching something to her chest. From the looks of it, it seems to be a long plank from a table or something that has been broken or shattered as such, and you can see that nails have been crudely put together through it, attaching it to a few other pieces of debris. It's perhaps the height of Amity's shoulder, if maybe a few inches lower. She hugs it to her chest. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, of course not. Erythrindir just falls away. What I is just, it? I just noticed that, um, Miss Amity, you seem to be having some trouble, um... 
I don't know if something happened, um, but in case you needed something, I'm, I'm sorry if this is a bit too forward, but um, I had a few uh, extra boards lying around and thought that this might help. And she holds out the uh, modified plank and you realize in the light that it looks very faintly like an improvised crutch. Amity uh, tests it out. Irina kind of like holds her breath for a moment visibly, but it seems to hold your weight. Amity's going to try to summon her spirits up and get as athletic as she can with this improvised cane, like trying to like jog in place, jog in a circle around the room, maybe try to like kick something. Make an acrobatics check. Is this a check to balance or just straight up acrobatics? It's an eight if, if it's just straight up acrobatics. To straight up acrobatics, yes, and you do your best to kind of, you know, hop in place and you succeed for a moment in, you know, jogging in place, but as you begin to move away from your initial spot, something slips. And as you do, Irina dives in to catch you. Wait, no, are you okay? Metreon does the same. I'm, I'm fine, I'll, I'll, I'll practice. We've got you, love. It's, just take it easy, okay? Thanks yeah. for the, the cane. Nods okay. and slowly pulls back. You uh, must be really something to put that together that fast. That's incredible. Irina gives you a bit of a dry smile. My family has had a, um, a rough few weeks. I've grown very accustomed to boarding up windows very quickly. This was not that much different. Oh, oh, I'm, oh, goodness. I, uh, yeah, no, that would make sense. Terribly sorry. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Metron shoots him a glance, just like, <laughs> He stops. I know it's not a professionally made or anything. I I know that Ismarak wants to... I don't know that what your plans are, but um, it's possible that, you know, if, if you're looking for something better, that um, another town might have something, someone more professional to make. I'm, I'm afraid that there's not really... I don't know if there's anyone who might be able to make something of comparable or of decent quality in Barovia, but uh, I hope it suffices for now. Hell of a lot better than nothing. Thank you, uh... What what should I call you? Uh, Miss Koyana? Irina? Just Irina is fine. Please, um, don't worry about it. Fair enough. Thank you, Irina. And he kind of turns to Amity. I bet you're going to get the hang of that thing, no problem. Amity gives you a grim smile. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't slow me down too much to um, make me late to my job interview in Neverwinter. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, right, right. <laughs> oh. He sounds a little, like, desperate. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Uh, let's hope. Never know, we can maybe pool all that stuff that Metreon got and buy you a horse. Oh, shit. I love what? a horse. I don't have that anymore. What do you mean? The, the My banner that I brought, I... I left it outside of the house when we went in, but when we came out, I don't. We didn't get it. Your, your banner? What do you yes, mean? Yes, my, my my performance banner, the one that I was taking to Neverwinter to perform with. Oh, oh, that's on Fort. Well, I mean, I guess the mist took your cart. I guess they took that too. Oh, no, gosh, I, I had a, you all mist. were carrying it for me when we got there. I just, uh, I'll, I'll have to go back in the morning. Well. I don't know. I, I, I should rest. We should rest. Irina, your hospitality has been most uh, gracious, and 
I would love to know if you have any more of that fine vintage that uh, your brother turned me on to at the blood. What is it, the blood on the vine tavern? Blood in the vine? I... Yes, um, that uh, I, I'm afraid I don't have any of it with me here. The tavern I'm sure would have more, but I'm not sure how much later they might be open. Uh, regardless, um, and at this point, a delicious smell begins to waft into the room, and Irina's eyes brighten. It smells like uh, Ismark is making some progress on the a meal. If, if you'd like, um, I can go get down and check on that. If any of you'd like to come, uh, I would be glad to uh, get you set up with some firewood so you can keep warm in here. And then uh, we can have a meal. How does that sound? That sounds fantastic. Thank you, Irina. We'll just, yeah, we'll stay up here for the moment. Or I will, at least. I uh, need a pre-dinner rest. Kiva, maybe perhaps you could uh, help Irina with the firewood. No problem. Uh, and maybe, Amity, I'll, I'll bring you up some of the food so you can rest. Sure. Thank you. With that, Irina nods and exits the room, Kiva following behind, and moves to fetch some firewood. Is there anything you'd like to do while she and Kiva are gone? Or is there anything Lillison would like to be doing while she's sous-chefing? Or are you just resting for the moment? Erythrindir is just resting. Metrion is trying to decide which of the two rooms he's going to set himself up in. He would like a bed, so he's going to probably set himself up in the room that isn't being occupied with Amity. So he'll kind of stake his claim, put his bag down on it, and he's going to... Do we know if there's any kind of like bathroom or any kind of water on this floor? Looking around, you did notice what appears to be a small um, bathroom as such. Glancing he just wants to like some place so he can like clean off the blood that's on his back and on his collarbone. There does appear to be a bit of a pipe mechanism set up that could flush a bit of perhaps rainwater from the roof into a bucket. Similar to the one you found in the previous house, but functional this time. Okay, yeah. He'll take some water, dab it on his collar, take off his shirt, kind of wiping his back. He'll heartily gulp up some of the water, realize that it's messed up his makeup, and then go back to his room to touch it up. As that occurs, Kiva, you and Irina make your way downstairs, and for a moment you think she's heading for the front door, and then she takes a sharp left into a small closet off to the side of the entryway, pulling forth a number of logs and offering them gratefully to Kiva. Once she's passed over the firewood, she nods. I'll go check on um, my brother to see him. Um, I assume Miss Lillison is with him. I'll be uh, back shortly. Stairs and deliver the firewood to both of the rooms. All right. Kiva returns to the room and sets up the firewood, and without too much trouble, and after Irina returns, you're able to get a fairly cheery fire stoked reasonably quickly. A few moments later, you hear footsteps approaching up the stairs, and... You see Ismark carrying a tray of several bowls and plates. Is Lillison helping with this? Um, so while Lillison had been sous-chefing, mm -hmm. she is going to have tried to get Ismark to just chat about some of the places in town, specifically asking more about this general store and then asking whether there are other like shops or anything like that. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, so a brief rewind then. Back in the kitchen before Ismark had brought the food upstairs. Ismark gives you a, a look and shrugs. Well, I suppose the best that you would find regarding um, a store would be Bildras Mercantile, as I mentioned to your friend. The owner can be a bit ornery, though his nephew is kindly enough. He's not the most uh, negotiable with outsiders, though, so... Other than that, we do not have many stores. Most of our commerce has closed up or left or fallen to more unsavory ends over the years. Barovia has not taken its time beneath the castle well, I'm afraid. I've heard that Velaki is much better off, though. So perhaps if you're looking to purchase something, if Bildras does not have sufficient quality that you seek, perhaps you might find something there. I did note that um, 
our friend Amity did tend to draw a lot of eyes. I assume that tieflings are not a common sight here. Not simply tieflings, if that's what they are called. No, they are most certainly not. Uh, our folk, you see, um, we know that there are other exotic creatures beyond the mists, and on occasion, outsiders do come to our lands, but we are ordinary folk. We do not know much of the uh, strange ancestries that might linger beyond the mists. Even yourself, um, if I am not being rude, uh, the curvature of, of your ears is quite unique to my people. Well, I suppose I shall take that as a compliment, but yes, I had wondered whether any would deal with us here, especially after seeing the way that Amity was received, and perhaps that makes the fact that nobody wanted to open their doors to Erthrandir a bit more understandable. You will have to forgive any that you might have encountered on the streets. Our folk are not often trusting of outsiders on even the best of days. And, well, you will have to forgive my people for their hostility towards this amity. They are unused to seeing such unfamiliar uh, biologies, I should say. And I... given the circumstances in which we live, it is it has become a rational response, I'm afraid, for many to fear what might be unfamiliar, though I do agree that it is unjust. I... I understand. It's very difficult to accept anything that you haven't really seen as part of your life before. But I was wondering, um, as I have said before, you're doing so much for us and we're so obliged, but would it be possible? We, we are missing many um, useful supplies and it, it sounds like this general store owner of yours may not wish to deal with us fairly or perhaps at all. Would you mind perhaps going on our behalf? I could certainly do so, but I unfortunately do not believe that he would deal any kinder with me as he would with you. Ah, is he that just one of those he kinds of people a, then? Unfortunately, yes. His motto is that he does not believe in bargaining as such, and given the darth of other competitors in our village, unfortunately, he um, gets his way more often than not. Uh, I do not imagine that he would be unlikely to serve you to build the Wrath Gold as gold, but he is he can be a miserly man, I fear. I see. Well, thank you. I will do what I can, I suppose. Oh, and I... As she sort of edges closer to the cooking fire, I know that there's probably not enough room for, well, five extra guests. Would you mind terribly if I slept in the kitchen tonight? As Mark blinks, not at all. I could do what I can to keep the hearth burning. I, I, I'm sure you won't be as comfortable, I'm afraid, but if it would suit you better, I, I wouldn't mind. Is there something wrong with the bedrooms upstairs? I can see to it that they are fixed for you. Oh, no, no, not at all. I I have just been... Um, it's been very cold, and this fire feels nice. Of course. Um, it would not be a problem at all. Thank you. Anything else that Lillison would like to discuss? Or at this point, you see uh, Ismark kind of pull the last of the steaks onto a platter set with a chunk of bread and a few other vegetables, and he turns toward you. Is it been bubbling nice and thick yet? It yes, should have uh, congealed a bit around the spoon. Uh, yes, it's it's thickened up a bit, and um, I I think I once heard this described as a, a rolling boil. 
Yes, yes, that is very good. Um, and it looks like the ingredients are nice and tender. Excellent. Uh, if I can get some bowls and we can bring you and your friends up some meals, I, I presume after the day that they've had that they would not wish to leave their rooms. I'm sure that they are very tired. And regardless, uh, our dining room, um, as I'm sure you've noticed, is not really um, worthy of accepting such fine guests at this time. Oh, uh, don't concern yourself about it at all. Um, I think everyone would be most happy to have just any hot food. I think I'll stay down here, though. Of course, not a problem. I'll, uh, if you don't mind pouring out some of these stew into these bowls, I'll bring up some chairs to your friends. I'm sure they don't wish to sit on the floor. Uh, I'll do what I can to make them comfortable. You're so kind. All right, and with that, he makes his way upstairs, delivering a number of chairs, and soon thereafter coming up with trays and bowls, though not Lillison, and says, All right, um, dinner is served. I'm sorry it took a bit longer than expected, but I do hope you enjoy. I did my best to make it as palatable as I could. I am afraid I don't have many of the uh, fancy seasonings that city folk might have, but it's hardy food. It should fill you up. Where is our companion, Lillison? She's not the steak, is she? <laughs> Oh, no, not at all. That is that is wolf steak. That, your friend said that she wished to stay downstairs. I believe she found the hearth quite warm and welcoming. I, I, I can let her know if you wish to uh, speak with her. But uh, nah, you've been you've been on your feet all day. You don't need to carry our messages down a flight of stairs. Just, just, if you could, she does have a wine skin. If you could be so gracious as to ask her to either bring it up or perhaps pass it off to you. I, I feel like wolf steak would pair well with the uh, the particular wine we had at the tavern. He nods. Of course, I don't mind at all. One moment, please. And he ducks out of the room. Kiva takes her bowl, and then she's also going to go downstairs and sit with Lillison, if Lillison will have her. You'll find her sitting very close to the fire, eating bemusedly out of her own bowl, and she looks up as Kiva approaches, and she kind of scoots backward a little bit. Don't worry, I, I won't make conversation. Just figured a warm place to eat might be nice. Oh, I... Don't mind conversation, just, you know, don't get too close. Of course. Kiva will sort of sit on the opposite side of the room, just, you know, politely, but, <laughs> you know. With, All right. Uh, uh, so it's just Amity, Metreon, and Randy, and er, I'm sorry, Erthendir, <laughs> in the, uh, it's four seven yes, minutes. It's the three of you. You're fine. Um, you're fine. Irina excuses herself. I'll, I'll leave you to it. I'm sure you're very tired. I'll, uh, take my meal downstairs. No, 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 of course not. You, I, I insist you stay and have a meal with us. She blinks, then smiles a bit. Okay, um, if you're willing to have me, of course. Thank you very much for the invitation. Seems like such a lonely place around this here Barovia, especially in this manner of yours. It, um, it can be a bit quiet at times, but um, my brother is uh, good company, and um, well, it's not often that we see outsiders either. We do what we can. Your, your villagers, the people, your neighbors, they don't seem to take too kindly to my friend here. And uh, he tilts his head back towards Amity. She frowns, looking toward Amity. I'm sorry if you've faced any difficulties. And she kind of purses her lips. I know some of our neighbors can be a bit um, unfriendly to outsiders. It's not their fault entirely. Many of them do not know much more beyond the village, but I, I'm sorry if you've encountered anything untoward. Your brother had mentioned there were two other settlements nearby, v v Valakai and, uh, what was it, Kresk? Crazy. Yes, that would be Valaki and Kresk. Valaki, um, thank you. Valaki in the heart of the, the valley and Kresk to the west beyond it. Have you visited them before? Do you perhaps know if there's 
the same chance for prejudice uh, for my friend here, of course. That much I do not know, I'm afraid. Velaki seems to be a larger town than Barovia. Perhaps it is more, um, what's the word? Cosmopolitan. Uh, yes, that's, that, thank you, thank you. Kresk, um, I know that it is a village. It, it is quite fortified. As far as I know, they keep to themselves. But it is built around an old abbey, so perhaps you will find more uh, welcome there? Oh, is it? Oh, that is what I've told, yes. I don't know much more than that, I'm afraid. Ah, no, it seems like an interesting place to visit. We, That'd be cool. Although, that does bring me to another question. I presume everyone here in this village is human? Yes, that is correct. But... Well... Yes. That's a... That was a qualified yes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, there's... Um... Well, a superstition about um, a certain folk that occasionally come and go through the town. Oh, so there three are... Of the three owners of the Blood on the Vine are... There is some suspicion of them. As far as I know, they are human, but uh, some of the others in the town do not quite agree. Well, fair enough, but the way your brother was talking earlier, it seemed like that, you know, people like us coming in wasn't uncommon. So, are there... Have you... He's kind of struggling for what to say. Did any of them ever decide to stick around? Or are you just at a time where nobody's ever wandered in? She frowns and doesn't quite meet your gaze. She's quiet for a moment. I don't know. Um, I've seen some come through here, but I confess I don't know what became of them. I'm sorry. No, that's entirely yes. fine. Except, well, there's one... She kind of winces. There are those that came from the outside. Not as yourselves, uh, you know, wizards and warriors and knights. Um, they are still seen in their own fashion. But what? what do you mean in their own fashion? There is, well, I'm sorry, I, I don't wish to discomfort, just... Ma'am, we're asking. If you if you go to the cemetery at midnight, you will see them. That's I'd... all I can say. That is not comforting. They, they, they are not harmful. They are not dangerous. It's just... What I mean to express by this is that the best fate does not always meet those with the best intentions. I don't know what became of all of them, but... Are you saying that the dead walk? Not the dead as such, but their spirits in a fashion live on. So... You've had folks like us come through here, and the only ones that you've ever seen again are the ones that are ghosts? Yes, but they 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 made they did something that you have not done to that. Do not do not fear. They That's they are they are the remnants fault, man. <laughs> they are the remnants of the devil's enemies. You are not you have not opposed him, you have not angered him. You are you're Look, saying there's... that the folks that come through like us are coming through to challenge Strahd? That was his name, right? Mr. Bonzarovich? Slowly nods, either because they wish to combat him or because they find themselves in Barovia and they come to the belief that his death will free them somehow. It is a damnable fate. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't wish to turn your stomachs while you're eating. I'm sorry. It, it was well, if I hadn't already finished my food, I'd probably not feel like eating any more of it. Uh, this is quite a tale you spun. Matreon, we asked. 
Oh, no, I, I don't put any blame on you, uh, Miss Arena. Uh, it's just a lot to take in. So, with that, uh, I'm going to excuse myself for the evening. But first, I will find Lillison with that damn water skin. And uh, Metreon gets up and starts to head down towards Lillison and Kiva. At this point, you do bump into Ismark in the hall. Oh, I'm sorry. You... Oh, hello. <laughs> I'm sorry it took me so long. I had to deal with another quick chore. Um, you wanted the wine skin. Uh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, thank you for the wine skin. And no apologies necessary, of course. I'm sure the big chores you've handled are uh, much more pressing. He quickly bows his head. Please, um, I, I will be, uh, my sister and I will be asleep in our rooms, um, but please let me know if you or your friends need anything. We are, we, we are, well, we are light sleepers these days. I do not mind um, doing I would again. hate to keep you up so late, but uh, I will make sure to let you and your sister know if we need anything. Of course, NT steps aside and makes his way past you in the hall. Metreon kind of watches him go up the steps, bites his lower lip a bit, and uh, goes downstairs. All right, you descend the stairs and there find Kiva and Lillison finishing up their own meals in the kitchen. Boy. Uh -huh. Thank you again, Lil, for the water skin. So, uh, we staying here tonight. We uh, getting out of here in the morning. Is that his plan? I... Hmm. Is... Is your thought that we just leave? Yeah, I mean, you, what, you wanna you wanna go on this uh, mission? The devil himself eyes all on us. No, of course not. But <sighs> angering powerful people in a position of great respect is not a good idea. Listen. It, it... I don't care who I'm upset if once we're out of here, they're, they're, they're behind us. It's, irrele it's irrelevant to us. Assuming that we can leave them behind us. And it, if well, they claim, if they claim that we are trapped, then, well, it's best not to burn bridges before you know that you can cross the river. Well, I'm just saying is we get to Valakai, you know, we leave this shithole behind, you know, maybe re-up on some better supplies there. And, uh, you know, maybe there's someone else there who knows a bit more than these old folklore folk. Well, if we're heading that way anyway, it doesn't make sense to not take them up on what they're offering. Except for the whole, you know, bloody fucking vampire having eyes on her and wanting to chase her down. Kind of puts us in the crosshairs as well, didn't it? Well, Lillison mentioned that if we offer to disguise her, I mean, you seem to be quite adept at makeup. Uh, and hair too, I mean. But I, I don't like to brag. You don't need to brag. It looks very convincing. So I don't know. Maybe we, we, look. I'm, I'm not saying we, put ourselves at risk. We've already done so much and lost so much. So, I'm just saying if we're heading there anyway, you know. How Wait, you're backing be? out of a plan on me. I know. I'm just saying, seven, can defend better than five, especially if well, I don't think that Amity will be able to um, run very quickly. And look, if these people have money, maybe we can offer some sort of a um, a fee for our services. Something will give us a leg up in Valkai for buying nicer supplies and getting out of here. 
Now you're making some sense. Uh, and at this point, Metreon starts to look around Kiva and, uh, and Lillison to see if there's any drawers or cabinets. And if there are, he's going to very quickly look through them to see if there's like fine silverware at all. All right, make an investigation check. Oh, damn, a natural one. Oh, <laughs> so no! Natural. Natural. You don't find anything of uh, evident value. And yeah. as you quickly search through the drawer, you hear footsteps coming down the stairs. Metrian slams one of the doors shut. You know, for people who live in a fucking manor, it's got piss poor silverware here. Uh, didn't you just eat your soup with those spoons? Well, you know, some people like to keep the fine things for, you know, for other guests somewhere, you know, fine china and all that. You hear the footsteps approach and Ismark pokes his head in. Is everything all right in here? Do you all need anything? Yes, everything is perfectly adequate. Thank you so much, Ismark. Of course. Do let me know. And he uh, exits once again. That's one fit bloke, isn't he? What? No, I'm just saying he's, you know, he's a good looking guy. Far from my time. Yeah. But the the reason that we wanted to get supplies and then get out of here... Amity, because... you're not here. Oh, sorry. Is this happening? This is the kitchen. Sorry. All right. Amity. Well, can I just go down? Because I feel like... I've not yes, been... You can, you're currently alone with Erethrindir if you'd like to converse with him, or if you'd like oh, to sure, make yeah. way downstairs to follow Metreon. Erethrindir kind of notices your antsiness. Want to mm -hmm. go see what they're scheming about? Yeah, anyway, Amity comes in. Okay, you arrive. But I guess I haven't heard any of this, so whatever. <laughs> oh, hey, love. We're just uh, gabbing on about, you know, not, not much. Uh, how you feeling? Mostly tired. I've, I've been awake for a while, not counting the um, time I fell asleep in the road. Yeah, it, it's all trips taking a lot out of us. Everybody, I think. Listen, we're, we're just talking about, you know, getting to Valakai. Uh, some folks is thinking maybe we bring this arena with us, despite some objections. Uh, but, you know, if we get to Valakai... Maybe we can set you up for something that's a little bit more permanent. Maybe get you a nice cane or something. Amity sort of shakes her head confused. The whole reason that we wanted to get supplies is so that we could get out of here and not be associated with that vampire. I, and I agree, but... Not, like, I've, and, and I don't know why you're suggesting teaming up with the girl who is the only person we know who is directly associated with the vampire. And I agree. Which is why I said that some people, myself and you, might have uh, reservations. But there's also the possibility of, uh, you know, maybe making a profit out of this and making this trip of ours a little easier. Ethan, you have to agree, right? Like, following this girl around is, it's just not, it's not a business. He looks between Amity and Metreon and the others and gives out a long, low sigh. What I think is that we're tired, we're scared, and we're in over our heads. I wouldn't trust any decision we make tonight. I know it's not a satisfying answer, but it's an answer. And who knows? I don't think going with her is a good idea, but from the look of Mr. Bismarck there, he seems like a better combatant than any of us. No offense, man. And well, except maybe Kiva, I don't know. But I think that, from what Irina told me upstairs, I think we might have the devil's attention one way or another. 
What do you mean? She talked about... I asked her what had become of the other non-human outsiders who'd come through here. Once they left the village, she never saw any of them again. But they just went home, right? No. I mean, like... No, not quite. I mean, I noticed she talked about the spirits and all that, but... Someone's had to have gotten out of here. I'm sure they have, but... She mentioned directly that they had ended up opposing this Strahd von Zarevich or whoever. Why? Uh, to try to usurp him? To... to I, I don't know. Um, why else would you challenge someone who rules an entire country? Because she said... Escape. She mentioned that. So you think that we have to kill him to leave? I'm him. not saying anything. I'm just passing along information. Emily, you got some some book smarts there. Have you ever heard of anything like this? Like something that keeps people trapped and all that? Um, there's plenty of stories where people are trapped. But does it say like you, you killed a big evil so and so and let you out? Like, it, I don't. I, it, all this is is very much beyond my comprehension so i'm just trying to figure things out myself well sometimes if you're trapped you can throw the witch in an oven and get away other times you can outwit your captors and run or sneak out and sometimes when you're trapped that just won't change no matter how hard you try, no matter how loud you scream, no matter how much you wish it to be otherwise. Well, that's fucking grim, Lil. Uh, on that note, I'm gonna get me some rest. And uh, at this point, he starts to open up Lillison's water skin and his own and starts to pour some of it into his. Once it's at least half full, he'll screw the top back onto Lillison's water skin and toss it back to her. Yeah. Did you have water left in yours? I don't have anything in this. Should have filled yours up then too. I did. He jingles it in front of you and starts to leave. I, I meant back <laughs> when we were. Oh, oh, fine. In a very low voice, Arthur murmurs, "Alcoholism is a hell of a drug." I know. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, dreadfully sorry. I didn't know if that hit close to home. I don't know your situation. Yeah. Uh, not no not not my situation. I just figured that keeping some would keep him. Yeah reasonable probably wise he did get a little shirty in the house rather unpleasantly listen tonight i uh, i think i've remembered a spell Irina mentioned something about something at the graveyard that happens at midnight i'm 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 gonna go but i'd be quite happy to have your companionship if you'd like to come along what sort of something Something about the spirits of those who came before us. She, she said they weren't harmful, but I don't know anything else. I completely understand if you don't want to go. Lillison looks at Kiva. I, I, I don't want to go if I'm not invited, but I, I, I'm happy to accompany if that's what you want. No, I... And then he kind of catches himself. I want you to do what you want. I, uh... I'm very happy we're at this arrangement right now where you're all safe and healthy, but I think our ties to another are well and dissolved at this point. 
anything beyond this is willingness. Your call. DM, how much longer do we have until midnight? Looking out of the window, the moon has risen above the horizon, and it seems that by now it's fairly late at night. Perhaps another hour or two, best you can guess. Well, um, I'm happy to go with you and, and see what is going on. I mean, if it's spirits, that's sort of um, a morbid curiosity, pardon the pun, but um, I think after that, as long as we get some rest, I'm, I'm fine to go along. Thank you. Lillison? Amity? I... Hmm. Lillison sort of edges closer to the fire. I think I'll stay, but do be safe, alright? He nods. Gotcha. I'm actually interested in this. Alrighty. Well, then the three of us. Can't use that spell I was thinking of, but I'll save it. Might still be useful. Well, let's, uh, I guess we should get some rest till then. Don't want to be caught unawares. Until nod at them and head up to his room. And then kind of comes back down. Actually, uh, how are we doing the bed situation? Just boys, girls, or what are we feeling? I can um, sleep anywhere, so if someone wants to take the bed, I'm, I'm fine to sleep on the floor. I'm staying here. I... Kiva, you nearly died. Please don't sleep on the floor. You carried all of us out of there, I think. <laughs> you yeah, just... It's more of a poly system, but yeah. Tell you what, I'll I'll go sleep with Matreon. You take the bed with Amity. That seems fair enough. Don't worry, I'm not much of a cuddler, Amity. Well then, he's going to head up and try and get an hour or so of transcend before he has to go. Before Kiva goes upstairs to follow, she's going to go into the room with um, Kolyan, and out of her backpack, she's going to pull a small, like, handkerchief, and inside there are just a couple sprigs of lavender, and she's just going to lay them on Kolyan's body, and uh, make a little sign um, in Elvish, and then head upstairs. All right, anyone else? Or are you turning in for the next hour or so? Metreon has gone up to the room that wasn't occupied by Amity. Uh, he's taken over the bed. Everything that was in his sack, like all his makeup and all the other stuff that he's been carrying with him, is just kind of splayed out very <laughs> on the bed, as well as his coat, his, his tunic. And he's just kind of like going through everything until he goes to, to rest. Yeah, no, Deer kind of barges in as he's doing it and just looks at the bed. Uh, you mind terribly clearing that off? Why? Because I got to sleep. There's a, there's a carpet on the floor if you need it. Matreon. It's right Don't down there by the hearth, you know. I'm sure it's much Don't make me... Metreon, I lowered you to the ground from the third floor balcony. Don't make me regret not dropping you. Metreon sucks on his teeth a bit and clenches his jaw. Alright, fine. Fine. Feet to head, though. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And, and pillows in between. I, how old are you, six? Look, I have no... I'm fine if you want personal space, but I promise you that I'm going to leave you well alone. Good, good, yeah. And uh, Metreon will begrudgingly scoop things back into his bag. 
and like start putting in the pillows in between the bed. Erythrindir lets out a long sigh and then just kind of starts stripping off his robe and tunic and then settles in feet to head, determinedly looking the other way as he builds the pillow wall. And yeah, he's just going to finish the, the pillow wall and then wipe off the rest of his makeup. He leaves some of the shoe polish in his hair, which makes it kind of a grayish white at this point. But yeah, he'll turn in. All right. With that, each of you turns in now. Those that trance, keeping an eye on the passage of time. And eventually, Erythrindir and Kiva, you feel that an hour or so has passed, and it's perhaps 30, 40 minutes to midnight. Erythrindir awakes groggily, looks around, sees Metreon, scowls, and, like, delicately extricates himself from the weird contraption they've put together. I'll say, too, that Metreon is a very wild sleeper, so his arms would have been, like, crossed over the pillow fort. His tail probably would have whipped you at some point. But, uh, and he snores very loudly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Erythrindir is going to slightly spitefully take one of the pillows from beneath Metreon's head and put it on his side, and then just kind of head out of the room. So who is meeting in the foyer? Kiva will go as soon as she's awake and, and ready. Amity will go, assuming you wake her up. Oh yeah, she'll make sure that Amity is awake and able to use the, the crutch to get downstairs. Mm-hmm. Though Truffle can keep continue sleeping. Lillison pokes her head out just far enough from the kitchen to watch everybody. Instead of sleeping, she appears to have gotten her book out and uh, is you know, in the middle of writing something in it. Have a good night. Be careful. Of course. He's gonna meet Amity and Kiva in the foyer. Y'all ready? As I'll ever be. Okay. Amity, let us know if you need a shoulder. Th- this will be practice using it. Yeah, I don't I don't know why I feel so compelled to do this. You're curious. And also I'm pretty sure it's a natural shock response. Kind of, you know, once you get past the horror, then, you know, you kind of want to see what's going on. And I'm sure it'll make for a great story for both of you. (laughs) Ah, man, the history of this one is going to be something. People aren't going to believe it. I mean, they already don't believe the stuff I put out, but, like, more so. They won't believe in the way they can laugh at me. You don't think ghosts and vampires and countries you can't leave are believable? (laughs) Eh, not the kind of people I sell histories to, unfortunately. I never want to tell the story. It's not a bad choice. I, I mean, what do you think the lesson was? Don't... He kind of starts and then stops. I think the lesson is that the world is a pretty awful place sometimes. Let's go. And so with that, the three of you make your way out from the mansion together, closing the door behind you, and for a moment you think you see Irina watching you from the top of the stairs, and then the door closes, and the sight of her vanishes. You continue forward, making your way along the roads, passing the mansion behind, and once more into the dreary drizzle of the Barovian air beyond. Soon enough, the broken hulk of the manor leaves you behind, and you pass through the light rainfall through the streets, 
as the moon's ever waxing rises further in the sky toward its arch at the top. You pass through the streets, doing your best to follow what directions you had gleaned over dinner toward where the cemetery lies, passing through the north avenue of the town, passing by the entrance to the place before where you had found the tavern, and then heading further away until you come upon an old church. The church you find here, you see, atop a slight rise against the roots of the pillar stone that supports Castle Ravenloft above, you see standing a gray sagging edifice of stone and wood. This church has obviously weathered the assaults of evil for centuries on end and is worn and weary. A bell tower rises toward the back and flickering light shines through holes in the shingled roof. The rafters strain feebly against their load. Beyond it, you can see a fence of wrought iron with a rusty gate enclosing a rectangular plot of land behind the dilapidated church. Tightly packed gravestones shrouded by fog bear the names of souls long past, and here all seems quiet. We're here. Erythrandir is going to take a look at the others and then walk towards the entrance to the graveyard. Did she say what exactly we should be looking for? She didn't want to. Well, I guess we'll find out then. Yeah. Yeah, he'll approach the entrance and take a look around. You make your way forward. The gate to the graveyard is not incredibly difficult to make your way through. It creaks and groans with a faint shriek as you make your way inside. You pass inside the interior of the fence and make your way through the graveyard. The old headstones standing silently amongst the rows of sod and muddy earth. Overhead, the moon seems nearly ripe to reach its apex for the night. Well, there's the place. I, uh, <laughs> guess we just wait and pray nothing starts crawling out of these graves. From these symbols on the side, can I see who the church is uh, dedicated to? Make a religion check for me. 19. 19. The iconography of the sunbursts that you see seem somewhat reminiscent of icons of certain deities of the morning or of the sun. You're reminded briefly of the icons of Lathander that you've seen in other towns, the god of the dawn, but these are slightly different. They seem to be sunbursts with a center hollow. The depictions of Lathanders are usually a rising dawn. It's slight difference in iconography that make you wonder if it's this exact same deity, though it seems to be devoted to a god of some sort of sun or morning. Is there anything else you'd like to say, or are you just going to settle back and wait? I think Arthrandir's good. He's a little too spooked to make small talk. Likewise. All right. With that, you settle back in, leaning against the walls of the church or the fence, as you might find most comfortable. The thin drizzle continuing to fall as the darkness suffuses the night overhead. A few minutes pass. Five, then ten. Not but you alone with the mist and the dead in the graveyard. And then an eerie green light suffuses the graveyard. Arthrandir's immediately on his guard, just yank, like half tracing the glyph for Firebolt in the air as he stumbles backward. Kiva's got her sword drawn, and she's sort of also holding the shield up in uh, in a protective way. Hamidi's just watching. 
you notice that the moon is at its perfect apex overhead, midnight. And as you watch, from this eerie green light emerges a ghostly procession. Wavering images of doughty women toting great swords, woodwise men with slender bows, dwarves with glittering axes, and archaically dressed mages with beards and strange pointed hats. All these and more march forth from the graveyard, their numbers growing by the second. Erthrandir is like almost hyperventilating, and he steps to the side of the procession as best he can and just looks at Mamity, his eyes wide. I. What? What? Who? Are these. Are these the people that came here before us? There are so many of them, it, it, can't, it can't be. I. It, how do you mean? What's Hello? Emily calls out. Uh, uh, my name is Amity. Who, who are you? As far as you can tell, the spirits pay you no heed. They continue marching forth, and as you watch the head of the procession, they begin to march through the closed cemetery gate, passing through it as if there is nothing there, passing around the corner of the church and making their way into town. As you watch, the head of the procession slowly turns out of sight, and the others continue to follow in their wake. What the hell? They... That... I... By Erthrandir's estimation, does the number of spirits that he saw match up with about how many graves are in the graveyard? It seems that there are far more spirits here than could be housed in this cemetery. There's got to be... I mean, there are a few dozen headstones in the graveyard at a quick count. There must be nearly a hundred ghosts marching forth. Well, we've got two options. One, this place is on a catacomb system where you only get your grave plot for a little bit of time, which is actually very common and good land management. But uh, number two is that that's more people than should be here. Period. Not that that particularly helps anyone, but you know, the more you know. Maybe it's just an illusion then, and these people aren't actually ghosts at all. Have we ever been that lucky in the past few days? All right, point taken. The figures. What races were they? As far as you can tell, and by this point, the last of the procession has marched forth. There, You saw elves, you saw humans, dwarves. You think you saw one that might have been of orcish descent. You saw a few halflings marching forth. It's an incredibly motley and varied crew. Any tieflings? You did see uh, one or two tieflings, yes. We should follow them. All right, but if they go out of town, we leave them be. Agreed. Together and doing your best to keep Amity moving more briskly for fear of the spirits leaving you behind, you make your way through the dark streets following the spirits along as they process through the empty streets of Barovia. As you watch, they march taking a right fork when they reach the first intersection out of the church and proceed further, making their way past the boarded-up dark homes and structures. You follow them for a few minutes more, and as you watch, they take another right turn and begin marching down the road to the southwest of town. In the distance, you think you could see the dark silhouette of the Burgomaster's mansion, faintly illuminated by the silvery light of the moon on the southern edge of town, but the spirits pay it and you no mind as they proceed down the road away from Barovia and further into the valley beyond. 
you hear the fluttering of leathery wings and a soft chirping, and on the edges of the buildings around you, you see a few dozen bats hanging, perched upside down from the roofs. Glancing over them, they seem to be watching you intently as you yourselves watch the procession move past. Earthrendir is going to look at the others and say, in a very small voice, I, I know I said this in the house, but we're going to die here, aren't we? Kiva looks very carefully over at Amity and then back at Earthrendir and just nods silently, but she doesn't want to say it out loud. You're going to say that a lot. I guess I am. But you haven't said it in the same place twice yet. <laughs> that is an alarmingly good point. And he kind of looks at her hair sodden and kind of matted to his face despite the circumstances and despite himself grins. You know, as far as companions for utter and pressing death, destruction, and horror goes, you're not a bad spot, Amity. I'm glad we're friends. Me too. Where's the procession going? As far as you can see, they now have continued perhaps a quarter mile down the road. You can see them continuing further in the distance. You recall seeing a river winding its way to the southwest of town. As you watch, they continue marching down, passing plains and grassland, marching toward the dark silhouette of the forest beyond. We should get home. Last thing any of us need is a cold. I, I want to see where they're going. And you've already suffered several near-death experiences today. Right, sorry. I'm not your father. I'm... Do what you like. But I'm going home. And he looks at Kiva. You coming? Um, I don't know that I should uh, leave her alone just in case something happens. Can, can you get back, okay? Yeah. Yeah, I can. And as he walks away from them, he's going to trace another elven glyph in the air. This one longer and incredibly complex. And cast invisibility. Alright, the two of you watch as a thin mist rises from the air, wisping its way around Aetherndir in a soft spiral, covers him like a veil, and then he winks out of existence. He goes home. How long does Amity stay here? At least like 10 minutes watching them. But if they're still going after that, I guess she'll trace back to the spooky smashed windows house, but continue watching from the windows. All right. And with that, the lot of you, one by one, Kiva accompanying Amity, Deer before the others, make your way back to the house and together... As Amity watches the procession slowly retreating into the darkness, you return to your rest and there gather for the night. And so, Metreon. E. As the pillow is yanked up below your head, as Earthrendir leaves, though you don't know it, you feel yourself falling for a moment and jolt awake, your eyes snapping open, some discomfort. You look outside, seeing it's still dark, and then slowly do your best to get back to sleep. But sleep comes more difficult the second time. And as you rest, you find yourself tossing and turning the blankets over you, feeling heavy and stifling. Eventually, however, you feel yourself falling once more into nothingness. And sleep takes you unawares. 
The space behind your eyelids is dark. It pulses, throbbing with heat each time your heart beats, and slowly, as your thoughts drift through this shapeless abyss, a shape begins to take form before you. A silhouette. It's at this time that you realize that you are floating, though you do not know where or how. You look down and you cannot see your arms or legs. There is only the shapeless void, shadows twisting in the dark around you. The silhouette's shape resolves into a humanoid form, tall and gaunt, its features entirely covered in a dark, night-black cloak. Its hood drapes over its face like a shroud, cloaking its visage in impenetrable shadow. Then it speaks, its voice quiet and smooth as silk. Yes, you shall suffice. Suffice of what? Where am I? You are beyond the mists, though not physically. Although I believe that you wish to be beyond them in person, do you not? Yeah, yeah. How do I, how do I get my body back? Uh, can, it, can, can it come out too? I am afraid not. Even this is my own hand reaching through the fog. But I can offer assistance in what you're seeking. If you seek freedom and escape, then there are those willing to help. Who? Well, myself, personally. I would be willing to offer you the freedom you crave and the power to choose your own path from these dreary mists in exchange for certain services, you understand. Who are you? <laughs> Hmm, Metreon, my dear secrets have power, I'm sure you know. If you must know, and the entity reaches forward, and you see a bony hand, pale, white, not a strip of flesh upon it, slowly reach out to caress your cheek. I am sure that you know that secrets have power, but if you prove yourself a trustworthy partner, you shall have what you seek. After all, we are very much alike. We both understand the value of secrets. Don't we, Punch? Metreon lets this entity touch his cheek, and when he says that name, his body seizes up. <sighs> How you get in my head like that? The bony hand withdraws and vanishes beneath the cloak. If you are to know more of this arrangement and how it came about, you must prove yourself reliable. If you accept my offer, I shall see to it that you have more information. If you are open to it, I will describe the services that I seek. I assure you, you shall not find them intolerable. How do I... Yeah, but I mean, how do I even know that... It, that yeah, you could get into my head, but how do I know you get me out of here? Some things you will have to take on faith. And there's a soft, humorless chuckle. But suffice it to say that the power that I shall grant you in exchange for this bargain will be... It should suffice as a down payment, perhaps. Metron takes a moment, shuts his eyes, takes a deep breath. What do you want? I may ask for more in time, but for now, what I ask of you is to watch. 
to listen and to wait. Observe your surroundings, observe the truths that they hold, and from time to time I may call upon you to share them. Of the many things that you have found in this land, there is one that does intrigue me. And while I wish your eyes and ears remain open, I would ask that you focus on one in particular to begin. What's that? The woman you know as Lillison. Much occurred in the time that you were separated beneath Durst House. I would ask you to uncover the events that took place and the nature of any entities she may have encountered. Without tipping your hand, of course. Right. I could, I could do that. And and I'll do that and you get me out of here. That's the deal, yeah? That is the deal. That is the beginning of the services I shall ask, but in time I shall ensure that you are advanced to a position where your escape is within your reach. If you continue your side of our arrangement, the means of your escape shall be revealed to you. Is that sufficient? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Just just whatever you could do, get me out of here. Uh, I can't be here no more. The entity nods beneath its dark, impenetrable hood and slowly reaches out a bony hand. I believe it is custom of your people to shake on these manners of agreements. Metreon takes another deep breath and glares into the darkness before looking down at his palm. He spits in it and extends it. The creature's hand is cold, but as you take it, the entity nods beneath its cloak and says, Very good. You shall know what to do when you awaken. And to answer your question, you may call me the Wounded One. And slowly you watch as the darkness begins to gather around it, its shape growing blurry and more difficult to make out. When you awaken, you will know what to do. I look forward to your reports. The darkness comes forward, surrounding this thing like a nimbus, a cocoon of shadow. And then you are once more floating in the void. And then your eyes snap open. You sit bolt upright in bed. And from what you can see, you are once more in the Burgomaster's mansion. But now you are soaked in sweat, your forehead burning, your entire body trembling and shaking. On the other side of the bed, you can see Erythrindir once more, eyes quietly closed, the trance taking him. And then you feel rising up an image in your mind, a small black circle, an icon. This small circle nestled within a larger hollow circle that is itself surrounded on the bottom, the left and the right by outward pacing triangles and bordered on the top by three thin lines that point up. You feel this image perfectly in your mind and then your hand slowly twitching toward your chest, the left hand slowly twitching toward your pack where you know your tattoo kit to lie. You know what you have to do. You feel the canvas upon your chest and on your back and your shoulders, on your arms, and you know that somewhere the sigil is waiting to be engraved. Yeah, thankfully Metreon doesn't rely on light too much, thanks to the dark vision. So he rummages through his sack and pulls out the inkwell and the quill that he stole from Durst Manor. He sits on the floor and just continuing to look down, he 
and he sleeps shirtless anyway. So he begins to uh, stick and poke with the quill, dipping it back and forth in the ink. And he begins to outline, at least, this sigil that he has seen so clearly in his head. It comes easily. You've already got a practiced hand at this, but now it comes flowing like water. The design flowing forth as though a muse is singing its very outline to you. And as it does, you see yourself making advances, arrangements, as your thoughts are guided almost by the channel of your thoughts. The three lines atop the symbol spiraling and splitting into a flowing runic cursive script. And as each one does, you feel a note of power in the back of your head forming and consolidating into knowledge from beyond. Where it comes, you cannot say, but you feel the keys, the triggers in your mind. And as each flowing spiral ends, engraved with tiny, intricate runes, you feel the string of power solidify and tighten in the back of your head, waiting to be pulled. It's not long, no more than an hour before the task is done. Your chest is still soaked in sweat, but the tattoo now engraved. And where has he placed this tattoo? It seemed to be as if his it was something over his heart was kind of calling to him. So he places it there. He actually blasts over some of the older work that's on it giving it little consideration for this seemingly more important sigil. All right, and so the tattoo is engraved, the sigil implanted upon your skin, and the spirals split as you feel your mind buzzing with knowledge and potential and power. And then you feel tired, and you feel slowly your eyes closing and lulling you back to sleep as the shadow takes you. And with your work done, you return to your rest. And that is where we will end it for today. So that was not sketchy at all. Hey, Dragna. What the Stop. fuck? Yeah. I, yeah, no, that's a that that's 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 all I have left to say. Yeah, the eternal question. Dragna, what the fuck? About to lose my damn mind. I assume Metreon is like level one warlock now or something. Who knows? Well, this is gonna be interesting. Yeah. This will not bite us in the ass later. I am sure of it. <laughs> Absolutely excited. nothing happened in that basement. I can answer that right now. <laughs> nothing yeah. happened in that basement. Metreon's had a great night's sleep. So that's all, yep. all, all anyone needs to know right now. <sighs> also, right. Dragna, would you mind like showing a, a picture of that sigil? Yeah, for sure. Uh, at, I some will, point, at some point. I will ensure that it is distributed DM by the Discord Twitter. Thank Could you. Could you actually just DM it to and yes, me? I will, yes, I will do that first. Never fear. Thank you. You will have first dibs. Bless. That was awesome. Bless. So the, that's the that's the tattoo we're all getting for the Twice Bitten Tattoo group, right? Like we all, that's cool with everyone? Yeah, yeah all of our subs have to get it too. So yep. um, just be prepared for that subs. Also, that's why Serena has been handing out gift subs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> more of us to get tattoos. <laughs> Bring on the ink. No. I'll consider it. I can, put a, I can on... draw something with a magic marker on my hand or something. D yeah, that's the depends on the uh, the level spells that we get. I might consider it. The sigil is mm -hmm. just actually like two dolphins, like in a sunset. It's one of those really old, like cheesy it's sailor actually tattoos. A yin -yin. It's a yin yin. <laughs> I love you, mom. Um, dolphin. No, it's that. It's that. Um, that funky S shape. Oh, oh yeah! It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. It's just the coolest. <laughs> That's what those three lines were, so I can start making a stussy all over my body. Uh, yeah. Oh, huh. Thought I knew everything that would happen this campaign. Nope. Absolutely not. not. Gotta keep you guessing. And on that note. 
And on that note, I think we're all through for today. Thank you to everyone for joining us today. Uh, we will see you all back in the mists next Saturday. Until then, keep your doors locked and your windows shuttered and take care. <laughs>